With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to the notice. We're together. We notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. Have the words and melody of a song ever changed you? Or have you ever had a bad season of life where music understood exactly what you were feeling? Join me on today's podcast where I welcome my daughter, Kristen, to have a conversation about different ways God notices us through music. We'll talk about music as worship, music as a means of self-expression, and even talk about how the two of us came to write the theme music for this podcast. If you ever wonder if God is paying attention to you, you won't want to miss our conversation about some unique ways God notices us through music. Well, music is such a vast and complex subject, so I'm confident it will be the subject of many future podcasts. But today I wanted to start our time together with some interesting perspectives and quotes from others on music. Johann Sebastian Bach said, the famous composer, Music is an agreeable harmony for the honor of God and the permissible delights of the soul. He also said, I play the notes as they are written, but it is God who makes the music. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, Music will help dissolve your perplexities and purify your character and sensibilities, and in time of care and sorrow will keep a fountain of joy alive in you. Maria von Trapp said, music acts like a magic key to which the most tightly closed heart opens. And here's some quotes about what purpose music could have in our lives. An elder Bruce McConney said, music is given of God to further his purposes. Sweet melodies mellow the souls of men and help prepare them for the gospel. After men receive the truth, Songs of praise to deity help to sanctify and cleanse their souls. And C.S. Lewis explained it this way. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust them. It was not in them, it only came through them, and what came through them was longing. For they are not the thing itself, they are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have not yet visited. And scripture tells us in Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and heart. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So as we talk about the power of music and the experience of performing and writing music as worship, I want to introduce a special guest into the studio. Kristen Schneer is a high school teacher of social studies and an inner school in Toledo, Ohio, and is currently working on her master's degree. She is a musician, worship team member, songwriter, and well, I guess I just have to say it, she's my daughter. <laughs> 
I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today and talk about one of our mutual friends aside from Jesus, music. So Kristen, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me on, Mommy. <laughs> it's good to have you. So maybe we should start sharing with our listeners your first experience with music and that how that shaped you. Well, do you want me to start from the very beginning? Because the very beginning was something I don't remember. You were pregnant with me, and you were doing your master's in clarinet music performance, and I think I remember a certain story about how in the intermission of your recital, you actually were nursing me Mm -hmm. between the two parts of the recital, so really music has literally been running in my blood since the very beginning. That's right, and when I was in orchestra rehearsals, uh, there was this big battle scene in one of these pieces we were doing, and a huge trumpet cry, you would just kick like crazy. Yeah, (laughs) it was really, really cool, and in fact, after you were born, I tried to do that and see if you had the same response. Not quite, but it was interesting, Uh, interesting to try. I still carry that through. I always feel music in, in my body and have to, like, hit things and I've beaten my steering wheel to almost to a pulp sometimes when there's a really good song that comes on in the car. Yep. So Yep, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what happened after you got out of the womb, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um well uh I do remember a certain time when Kathleen, my little sister, was starting to play violin and I think I was a little jealous that she was playing violin and so I said, I wanna play something and so I, I don't know how exactly the story goes, but I'm pretty sure that you said you can't play violin because your sister is playing violin, so why don't you play cello? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's exactly how it happened. But I ended up playing cello starting when I was seven and piano because uh, my dad's mom and dad are also musical. So my grandpa played in the Detroit Symphony for 35 years and they met at Oberlin Conservatory for music. So. When, when we say music runs in my blood, it's from both sides of the family. Grandma would give us piano lessons, and I remember going over there. We get I get a piano lesson while my sister was getting a violin lesson, and then my sister would have her piano lesson, and so it was just a regular occurrence as a kid. And then I you know grew up playing cello, and so in, in elementary school, you know they have a little introductory music class, and I said. I, I could play rings around anybody here because I've been playing for so long. I'm not going to do this introductory cello playing class. And so I wanted to try something else. I originally wanted to try flute, and then, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't get a flute. So my mom said, hey, I have this old clarinet lying around. One and of my for, old clarinets. And for those who don't know, I'm, I, I have degrees in clarinet performance, and I still teach and play. And so I'm a professional clarinetist, so this, this is why we have extra clarinets around. Right. And I remember using that sixth grade band class. And it was a, it was a nice clarinet that I was able to use. So moving on, though, I, I actually played in the orchestra and the band as a seventh grader and had ended up deciding to switch completely over to band in eighth grade and I started playing in the jazz band and I started playing in the um, concert band and all these and other saxophone too <laughs> yeah and saxophone too so and then in high school uh, that's I basically lived in the band room so uh, that was just how that's that was, that was my place uh, in high school band geek over here hello throughout that too I was also learning how to play guitar uh, teaching myself just basic chords at first uh, and then I was playing with the worship, the youth group worship team in the church that we grew up in. So 
Fast forward, I graduated from high school, went off to college, I was in the Michigan State Marching Band for my freshman year, which was a Go green. blast, go white. <laughs> super fun, super fun community, lots, lots of um, just interesting experiences, getting to be a part of some of the trips and all that kind of stuff. So, But then I kind of realized, I was, I was like, eh, this band thing isn't quite my jam. I ended up kind of switching more permanently to playing guitar um, and, and writing some songs. Um, throughout throughout college and that's kind of where I've been at the past since then just playing uh, lots of instruments and um, writing writing songs and Kristen is one of those unique people who can just like pick up anything and figure out how it works without anybody kind of telling her how so like she plays bass she plays acoustic guitar of course you electric know, guitar electric guitar keys. keys I don't play piano there's a difference between keys and yeah. piano but. and singing of course and yeah. so she plays all these things so Krista tell me when or how did music turn from just this like subject or social activity or some kind of intellectual outlet to a way to connect with God I don't, it's, it's a process, I think, because through music, like, I, you can't experience a sense of community, you can't experience a sense of processing your own life, but I also think, like, growing up in church and being involved in the worship teams, various different worship teams there is, kind of gave me some training in how to kind of connect with God through music. I'm, I, I can see it in my head, we were sitting in the balcony at our church that we grew up in, Probably in the front row, I think, is where we were. But the song Come Thou Fount has always just meant something um, special to me. Just Because it was just where I was at the moment. And yeah, like that, I remember those moments like that specifically because they just meant something to me and what I was experiencing at that exact time. So. And that, that's such a great gift of music because there are times and seasons in our life a song will just resonate with us. You know, I can remember times when I was going through a tough season in life and all of a sudden I heard a song on the radio and it completely changed me and made me feel like, wow, God was actually paying attention to me. He noticed what I was feeling that time because mm -hmm. I heard this song and I'm like, oh, wow. And then, of course, you go to everybody else. Hey, have you heard this song? And they're like, oh, that's nice. But for you, you knew it meant something to you because God was noticing you. God was paying attention to you. He was speaking to you through. In fact, um, Mike Donahue, he's the lead singer from 10th Avenue North, he describes writing music as his therapy. So when you're discouraged or need to process something, how does writing music and lyrics help you do that? That's a, that's a really good question because that's how I process a lot of my life. Especially because I'm, I'm really like, I can get really excited and I'm like, yay, this is so excited. And I that energy, that positive emotional experience, I'm like, yeah, that's really excited. And I... That's how I express that, but a lot of the negatives, a lot of the sad stuff, a lot of the like, eh, like I don't really want to talk about that, I tend to just kind of shove it away and leave it alone and pretend that it doesn't exist, which is not super healthy, but you know, at some point that box becomes so full that I have to process it, and even growing up, like that was, that process was music, that process was songwriting, in talking about, like just writing out of saying, hey, like, this is, this is the story of what happened, and this is how I'm feeling, and this is how I'm going about this, this process. Yeah, that's always kind of just been the way that I've 
process what's going on in my life so it's it's a gift so I mean Mike Donahue was probably right you know there's our times when we write something for our own therapy I know for myself when I started songwriting I started writing out of a dark place and then all of a sudden now I you know I probably have over 100 songs I've written some of them I'll never do anything with except they were that communion with God they were a way of processing through something I was experiencing other people have the same experience when they write or even garden or any other activity that they paint that they're processing that's creative that's a project mm-hmm. you know there's something that happens because you're you be let creative. yourself mm-hmm. be creative yeah i really like switchfoot uh john foreman is such a good songwriter and i was at a concert that he was doing one time and he was talking about his songwriting because he has switchfoot the band but he also has his own single solo stuff that's more more worshipful and and soft and that kind of a thing but he he described his songwriting process as being he writes about things that he doesn't understand and he said i write about god i write about girls and i write about the government and i'm like that is (laughs) there you go there it is that's a lot of things that take up your headspace (laughs) yes and if you listen to a lot of his music a lot of the things are about things that he doesn't understand and i'm like this makes so much more sense as a songwriter from a songwriter to songwriter perspective like I understand his vibe a little bit more and can say, oh, that, that song that right there, that one's about how you don't understand what's going on in the government or how you don't understand what's happening in your relationship with God. Like, it, it makes so much sense. And I, I really connected with that, too, because as, as I'm writing my songs, there's stuff that I'm writing that I'm like, yeah, like, that happened, and I don't know what that was about, but by the end of the writing process, I can kind of see the process of my thoughts and my my own writing process to kind of put more pieces together sure or having god help you figure out yes figure out things yeah yeah like therapy yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly can you tell me about any particular story that you've had maybe even recently where music just resonated and did something different that maybe even with a collaboration with other people on worship team or anything like that do you have yeah, there's a couple of stories I can think of recently. I'm fairly fairly involved in my church, um, and I've actually kind of stepped back recently with some things just because I started grad school, and there's a lot of, you know, other things I've got going on in my life. And so I'm like, I'm a real take charge person. I'm a kind of a control freak sometimes, and I'm like, and it's, it's hard. It's a hard process for me to kind of step back from that. And so there was one Sunday I showed up to church not actually serving. I just was a regular person at church. The specific songs that we were singing in worship, it was God just leading me into into the, exactly the place that He wanted me to be. Once, like, just I, I, it's really it's a it's a very specific journey that He had me on based on the the songs that we were singing. You know, one one I had related to something else that had happened previously, and so as I'm singing that, I'm thinking, oh man, like I'm thinking of that other experience that I had while relating to this song. And then the next song we started singing, and I was, uh, you know, I will rest in the Father's hands, leave the rest in the Father's mm. hands. Like, mm. well, okay, that's, that's exactly the next step that God wanted me to, to be on in that journey of giving up control and kind of just let, just being and existing and not um, trying to, you know, take, take control of all the... The yeah, we're kind of Indian givers sometimes. We give God control and then we take it back, don't we? <laughs> and so I think, you know, music and all kinds of things uh, help us to surrender again. 
Right. They definitely do. There's been plenty of times when just a song has when it had said, hey, chill, That's you're it. fine, yep. you're fine, God's mm-hmm. got this, God's mm-hmm. got this. Yep. Any other stories? Yeah, so I also am on the worship team because I play so many different instruments and mm-hmm. I can, you know, kind of be a jack of all musicians. And a couple weeks ago, we we were rehearsing for uh, our, our Sunday service and my friend Nora and then David and Wes, and we'll talk about them a little bit later, but... Um, Nora was leading the song um, called Another in the Fire. Uh, it's off, re- off the Hillsong album. It's a really, really good song. And as n- normally how we kind of roll is we basically do what the song does on the album. We kind of follow that, that mm-hmm. structure. If it's a big chorus, if it's a, a, a low chorus, if it's a, you know, a big bridge and there's a build or whatever, we'll, we'll usually follow the structure of the song. But as we're, as we're practicing, no, we, we also do this a lot where we kind of just follow the leader so like if if the person that's leading the song kind of says hey calm down like they do a little hand motion or or they build it up say build it up we'll usually be able to follow each other so um in the bridge of this song it goes right from a big a really strong powerful chorus right into the big bridge i can see the light that is coming uh, as the darkness closes in i can hear the roar of the heavens as the space between where it's thin I can hear the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in. So it's this it's it's this big chorus, you know, and they're they're claiming I can see the light. And Nora, who's leading the song, kind of like starts to kind of simmer down a little bit and, and I was playing keys and I looked across the room and saw David over on drums kind of like cock his head a little bit and be like, Wait, what? Oh I guess I guess we're gonna take this down a little bit. And so she started taking it down. We all started following her taking it down. Um, and doing a real chill, a real soft chorus, and it just felt right, even though it wasn't what we were planning on doing. Mm. Um, it just felt so. I was as I was playing, you know, a little bit of keys here. I was like, oh yeah, I really like this. And I don't, I didn't know why. I was just kind of, you know, oh yeah, this is great. This sounds really good. And then we started with another court, another bridge, and built it back up. So we we kind of talked about it. And we said that's that's the way we want to do it. That's that was that was good. It was great. And so every week after or before practice, as part of practice, we usually just kind of gather as a worship team and have some team time, do a little devotional, you know, kind of get to know each other a little bit better, pray for each other, that kind of thing, just to create some team rapport. And that, that night, we, the, the person I was in charge of doing that brought forth the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which the song is based on. There was another in the fire standing next to me. So... We go through that and we talk about what that was like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and kind of discuss it. And it was, it was such a rich time um, of sharing that we had with, with each other. And in, in that part of that time, Nora shared and said, like, I think one of the reasons why I brought that bridge down so low is because I, I can't see the light. I couldn't quite see the light because mm-hmm. in, in a time of trials, in a season of just really, really difficult hardships. Nora has been, like, she lost her roommate from college. She, to cancer, her stepmom just passed away. And then she just found out, like, earlier that week that her um, uncle had just, had just also passed away. Wow. And so she's, it, and it's a lot. And so it made so much more sense when she brought the verse, or brought the bridge down and said, I can barely see the light. Like, I can't really feel these prison walls, mm. like, falling down. But, like, that, and that's why she brought the bridge down so, so low. Not not consciously, probably, but it still just 
made so much sense to be able to bring it down a little bit and not just proclaim in victory. Because sometimes you want the music to match the words and the feeling of what you're trying to do. And so it like made, it just it just fell right into place to say, I can barely see this light. I can I can kind of hear the the prison walls caving in, you know, I can sort of hear the roar. It's it's at a far distance and then to build it up and then to say, "All right, I'm going to just proclaim it now and say, "Hey, I can hear I can see the light. I can hear the roar. I can, roar, I can hear the prison walls falling down." Like to build it and to match the the ebb and flow of the music to that was like such a cool a cool moment because we, none of us really knew when we were practicing why it was happening. I don't even know if Nora knew but mm. to to have that happen and then to know the reason why that makes sense is just such a cool moment. And it's more than that. just the creative process. Yes. It's a spiritual yes. process. It's right. what God's doing inside your hearts as you prepare mm-hmm. and you and you you know, everybody thinks of oh well, everybody's performing out there on stage, but when you're you know, doing worship and you're trying to lead other people to a place of worship, you're trying to, you know, be able to use your own experiences. Right. To, to really amplify the message behind right. the words and right. the song. Well, in that week we were also, we just started a series, sermon series on the book of James. And so we talked about counting counting the joy. But one of the last lines of the song is, I'll count the joy in every battle, because I know that's where I'll be. And like counting your trials as pure joy, you know, just coming off of just saying, you know, like, I'll count the joy in every battle. I'll count my trials as joy, you know. Um, even if I can only barely see the light, I can kind of pick it out in the in the distance mm-hmm. up there. And that's okay because God accepts us where we're at. Well, 100%. He accepts us where we're at, wherever we're at. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to express that through the gift of music. You know, you and I have... Uh, obviously had a long history of making music together and creating music and everything like that and and somewhere along the line I started songwriting and then you started songwriting and it was it was just one of those things we both did individually and then you had come over to visit me for a few days and you were hanging out and and you kind of said well what do you want to do today mom and I said uh, you know, most people like, let's go to the mall, let's go shopping, you know. Um, it's not really our jam. That's not really our jam. <laughs> so I just went, you know, Kristen, you know what I really want to do is I want to write a song with you. And you're like, you kind of had this blank look on your face as sometimes you do like, all right, Mom. <laughs> if you want uh, to. <laughs> was that what you were feeling? I mean, yeah. Maybe a little. I was also coming off of a really busy season just doing stuff at school and and like that was my spring break after just so much like just love doing too many things and so I was like I need to chill that's why I was there just to like get away and take, just it easy, take it yeah. easy yeah and, take, and then mom saying oh let's write some music <laughs> I'm like oh, okay but, but the cool thing was is is I was coming from a place where I had written you know my own songs and had them produced and recorded or whatever but I had never really collaborated writing with another person Mm -hmm. and this was a real big step of faith for me to jump out Mm -hmm. and it was great to do that with obviously somebody I love but also just with somebody I really believe in the different things you have to bring to the collaboration because I can write a pretty good melody but Kristen could do all these other things that I'm not I'm clueless with and and my husband told 
told me once when I was in one of my discouraged moments, I was discouraged and I just said, you know, because I don't sing. I play clarinet, you know. I don't sing. And I mean, it's not that I can't sing. It's just I don't have a naturally gifted voice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can't record my own songs and things like that. So it's kind of like a a hindrance Mm -hmm. to to trying to get the music out there. And one of the things he told me once, he said, well, maybe it's because God wants you to collaborate with other people. And I went, thank you. Yep. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was really true. So I wanted to step out and say, okay, let's collaborate. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what we were going to do. We just kind of got together and just went, okay. And sometimes songwriting, for those of you who are songwriters, totally get this. There's no, like, real distinct process. No, and everyone's process is different. And so for the longest time, I forgot to mention this earlier, but for the longest time I had written songs on my own, and then um, shortly after, years after I graduated from college, I started playing in a band with a couple of buddies of mine. And, um, and I had never collaborated or written songs with other people myself. And so for like two years, you know, really good friend of mine and I just like wrote these songs together and collaborated. And so I was more familiar with that process, a little bit of the give and take, the ebb and flow of what happens in the song pro- songwriting process and so it was more familiar to me but obviously it wasn't as familiar to you right and it but it's it it really taught me a lot about trust not necessarily trust in you of course that's a one level of it but really trusting god about the process mm-hmm. trusting him about creativity trusting him about timing which we'll get to in a minute but you know so we get going on this and and you're i kind of was coming up with a little little tiny little line of music and then I thought well let's get some scripture out so um, the Psalms the Psalms are always a good inspiration because as we know the Psalms are something that those are songs and there are ways that you can when you read through the Psalms you know that you're expressing yourself to God they're partly that and they're partly worship Mm -hmm. which is exactly what we've been talking about today and so I pull out a couple Psalms and I don't know, one thing, to, I can't really even describe it, one thing led to another, but we, we landed on Psalm 40, mm-hmm. um, and as most of the Psalms do, there's, it's almost, almost I call it bipolar David, one minute he's, he's, you know, lamenting and really, really sad and really crying out to God, and the next minute he's praising God, and, uh, and, and that's, we, exactly, exactly, one second we're over here saying, oh, woe is me, my life sucks, like, this is awful, but God but comes God. along and says that, and so, yeah, it's, it's such a cool thing to be able to see that in the Psalms, in the scriptures, and to know, even though we don't have the lyrics and the, or we don't have the music to go along with that, and obviously the music now, with all our technology and all that, is very different than um, what it was back then. But we still have the lyrics, and we can still kind of extrapolate from there and create something that that is beautiful. Exactly, and and so we're sitting in our sitting in our little music room there, and kind of just you know, Kristen's doing noodling her thing, around. noodling around and coming up with some stuff, and then something just started gelling, and then Kristen started doing stuff with the guitar, which was really, really cool. That changed it, because I don't play guitar very well, and so it was it was awesome to have that. And, and so, yeah, and so we kind of let everything kind of gel, and, and I, but I do want to read the song, um, the Psalm 40 part of it, so we can kind of get some context of the psalm. Um, psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. 
He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. So the song is called Deliver Me, and of course we're going to play it here in a few minutes, but I think one of the things that um, the, the process of getting it from that room in our music room to an actually recorded version is a, is a process all its own. Um, and I won't play our original version because <laughs> I'm not, fine. yeah, yeah, I'm not sure our, our listeners would want to hear that. But, it, you know, it was rough. But, you know, we took it a long way, and, and one of the great things that happened out of this is that Kristen's worship band agreed to record it. Yeah, and so people from my, from my church are really good musicians, and so we just said, hey, I asked a few people, hey, would you be willing to help? And, and they all said, yeah, that sounds like a fun time. It'll be interesting, and just give me all the info, and we'll figure it out. And I and I also um, we we found somebody to record it, and so we wanted to get into the studio and get all that. But we had to kind of get all those processes together, and of course, getting all the people together just for schedules is crazy enough yeah. as it is. Yeah. You know, this process took a while. You know, we wrote this song I in the spring um, and a year twenty. Eighteen. Yeah, 2018, and we just got done recording it a couple months ago. Yeah. So, as you can tell, it does take a while, and it, a lot of it is coordinating schedules. and schedules and things like that. During that time, God did something in me, and he taught me to just wait on him and just wait for this to happen. Because I had it in my brain, and I'm a goal-oriented person, and I'm like, okay, I want to get it done by a certain time. And creative people are, sometimes you have to set those deadlines, otherwise you won't get them done. Right. But this, I was just like, okay, this is all part of the collaborative process, that spirit of letting go, letting things gel the way they were. So it was a beautiful experience for me to learn how to wait. Then we finally uh, get all these great folks into the studio. We get to, we will rehearse beforehand so we could figure that out. And then we get into the studio. Some of your friends, we have Levi, who's doing uh, primary vocals in keys. keys. Mm -hmm. And then um, Weston, who's doing guitar. Electric guitar stuff. Electric guitar. All kinds of layers. And yeah, all kinds of layers. Thank you, Weston. Um, Needson is bass. Mm -hmm. um, David's playing drums, and Nora's doing uh, the, the vocals, but then Kristen's also playing acoustic guitar and doing some backup vocals. Mm -hmm. So Kristen's very much part of this, and I just got to sit around and sort of like watch them all make it happen. <laughs> Which is super fun for us because like we, uh, the people that we mentioned, are, there's a lot more people on our worship team, but we've kind of just we've been on a lot of us have been there from the beginning and so it's kind of interesting and fun to to kind of have a different experience as far as playing a song instead of just saying oh well this is how the song goes or like from, doing a cover song it's a it's a cover version essentially 
but whereas we actually had to be part of the creative process and, and figure out how we wanted the song to be and how we wanted to shape the song and because we were coming up with it out of thin air. And I have a confession to make. I might have had a little concept, because creative people do this, have a concept in my head of what I want it to sound like. Now, the end product is different than I had in my head, but I want to tell you folks, you know what? It's better. It's so good. It's better because I let go, and I let the, the collaboration take place. Mm -hmm. I trusted the people that were doing it, and I'm very thankful for all of you, by the way, for doing it um, and coming up with something um, that is something that we can share with other people and it hopefully encourage them to just draw in closer to the Lord and, and know that he will deliver us and that he will put a new song in our heart. There is one part of the, the verse that I, uh, one part of the, the song that is meaningful to me and it says, He heard my cry, he heard my call, he heard my song, he heard it all. Mm -hmm. And that is, to me, is like, is very powerful because as we're crying out to God and begging him, don't withhold your mercy from me. Don't withhold your kindness from me. At the same time, you know what? He does hear us. Mm -hmm. He does hear us. Yeah. And he hears us in subtle ways. He does notice you, folks. He does notice you. It's just we got to pay attention. Yep. Yeah. We got to pay attention. And of course, if, you're, if you grow up being a musician like Kristen did, you're going to connect with God in that way. Yep. But of course music is universal for all of us. You don't have to be a songwriter to have that connection yep. with God. So tell me a little bit about what that was like for you to be in the studio and have this all come together. I mean recording is a very tedious process in general just because you do everything one instrument at a time, layer by layer, kind of build it from the bottom up. Um, so it's a, it's a long process. We're there, I mean literally all day. Um, just for, you know, a four-minute song, but hearing each and every individual person record their part, then going back, as I listen to this song, I get a different experience out of it, knowing, oh yeah, like, remember that little part? That's what happened when this, when we were recording the third time, or, you know, there's a little bit of a drum, like, uh, a couple of ride symbols at the very end that are David's last words. You I know? love them. Um, and funny, David's last words, get it? David, Psalms, get it? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> All right, my daughter's wet her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mom-daughter thing. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but just to be able to hear like each part kind of come together and kind of make a whole, even though I can pick out different, different individual pieces of it, um, I think one of my favorite parts of the recording process was when Weston was going through and he, he has several different guitar layers and some of it he knew what he was doing and other parts of it he was kind of just making it up on the fly and we were all like, oh that sounds good, do that again. And there, so that part of the creative collaborative process was, was really fun. And it was, you know, it was real fun for me to see these are your peeps. Yeah. These, these are, are these people, are people you hang out with. And as yes. your mom, I'm going, this is cool. Yeah. Look at these are the people my daughter's hanging out with who are willing to spend their day in a studio recording a song for us. Yeah. And giving of their time and their hearts to it and their talents. Right. And they're all very, very talented in their own way. It was really cool to pull it together. Mm -hmm. So, um, I also want to just give a quick shout out to Nick De La Torre, yes, um, absolutely, at DLT Studios, um, because we I had met Nick 
at a house show of somebody that I'd known um, from college who was doing a little acoustic show at his house and so way back in the day that was that was a while ago and then I said hey mom you know this guy he, he does recording and so that's how we got hooked up with him but he was such an integral part of the creative process as well Absolutely. because he encouraged us and said hey like that sounded great that was amazing you know um, for after each take and very encouraging because sometimes it can feel that the the recording process can feel defeating if you're like, oh shoot, I, that I missed I that messed part. Like, oh, oh damn. yeah, like, I'm out of tune. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, and also he helped create and shape the layers of the song, um, and him and Weston kind of put the guitar different guitar layers together, and so like he was also the as the producer and the recording engineer, very important part of this process too. Absolutely, and and one of the things is it, I didn't even realize at the time when we wrote the song, I ended up using it as the entrance and exit music for this podcast. That wasn't on the agenda, thank you God. Um, but we wrote this song and then it, all of a sudden it seemed to work that it would be great because, you know, this podcast really, in its essence, we talk about a lot of things, but we're talking about the mercy of God. And this song is really about God's mercy mm-hmm. and deliverance. Yep. And so um, we're going to take a minute and listen to that song now. Deliver me, deliver me from this battle deep within. My heart of stone takes hold of me. I can't bear the weight of sin. Still I wait upon you, Lord. I will wait upon you, Lord. Rescue me. Darkness has surrounded me. I can't do this on my own. Still, I trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you.
Yeah, so withhold not your truth or kindness, Lord. I don't know, I still think with all those great quotes we talked about, Scripture says it the best, and it's just so great to have that expressed in music this way. But Kristen, before we go, I would like to ask you one other thing, and that is to give me a quote about music. What would you say? Music is a, is a way to connect with other people. Anytime that I go hear somebody play live music, I'm listening not just for the musical aspects of it, but for the lyrics, for the, the general vibe of the song, trying to just say, oh, I, yeah, I feel that, I get that, you know, right, right in, the, in the feels box here. And I think it's a way of just connecting with other people that words can't, words can't even come close to describing. I could tell you a story about something that has happened in my life, but it's a very different experience for me to share a song with you about that experience. Right, and there's some a different level of connection that happens. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the power of music. I encourage everyone out there to remember, you know, turn, turn on those tunes, turn on those worship tunes, connect, not only connect with God, but can, you know, bring it together with other people because there's lots of ways God's going to notice you. And that's what we're here today to talk about is how does God notice us through music? So I encourage you to do that. And so on that note, I'd like to thank my daughter Kristen for being here today and sharing her heart for music in Jesus and the collaborative process. I'd also like to give a great big shout out and word of thanks to Levi, Nora, Needsome, Weston, David, and Nick, who help us get this song performed and recorded. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to God for the gift of music to help us celebrate, get us through these rough times, and of course, glorify Him. And we hope this broadcast reminded you of the many ways God noticed you through music too. But before we go, let me ask you this. Do you ever get angry at someone or something because it gets in your way of your plans? Does even the talk of frustration make you frustrated? Come join me next time on The Notice when we'll talk about frustration and share some stories about how God showed us His mercy even the most frustrating of times. Until then, 